Bordy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Big Travel Podcast, exploring life stories through travel with me, your host, Lisa Francesca Nand. Exploring the hearts, minds and traditions of cultures and people around the world is Dr. Mandeep Roy's passion. And in her new book, The Values Compass, recommended by the Dalai Lama, no less. And indeed, on this podcast, we question what makes us who we are. Why are the Turkish hospitable, the Jordanians helpful and the Argentinians passionate? Mandeep has travelled to over 150 countries and loves more than anything how chance encounters with strangers when travelling can change your life. Oh, and she has some very inspirational thoughts on how we can embrace our own core values. Dr. Mandeep Rai on the Big Travel Podcast. So we are in the O2. I thought I'd explain that. If anyone, UK listeners will know that the O2 is a big domed tent building in London, consistently voted one of the top venues in the world for concerts and that sort of thing but it's a little bit noisy it sounds a bit like an airport because we've got planes flying over and all sorts but I'm here with Mandeep Wright and Mandeep why don't we why don't we start with telling us a little bit about yourself because I know you're incredibly well traveled far more well traveled than I am as a, uh, a BBC correspondent and in business and more and you've just wrote this incredible book on world values and you are indeed an expert on global values what what on earth does that mean okay so I have traveled now 150 countries and I chose 101 of them for this book actually 102 because I give you a little bit of a bonus chapter but 101 essentially I basically distilled each country into a value so what I mean by global values those values that you're struck by the gems you're struck by when you first go to a country so the hospitality in Turkey we all think we're hospitable but the way the Turkish always buy a house and try and keep a guest room or always have their second living room as their guest as their guest living room we'll always think about well we'll just give up our bedroom if we need to for our guests it goes above and beyond it's something we all aspire to but they go above and beyond and you can that would be an example but there are so many examples it's basically the beautiful gems that you we all travel we're, we're speaking to an audience that are of travelers so as soon as you hit the ground and you, you notice that there are these jewels and gems of, so say, for example, Jordan, the way that there's kind of this helpful nature. There's this, there's this proverb there that if a stranger crosses your path or comes to your door, don't even ask their name for three days. Just do what they ask for three days. Who knows what trauma or what they've been through? And it's that type of philosophy that has... Actually, I think it's from the Quran. It's what um, Prophet Muhammad experienced or um, and then kind of spoke about it's that type of philosophy that has then gone throughout the whole society where this is 
deep sense of we're just going to be helpful and you don't see it on the outside you might think oh my goodness this is not what I would expect but when you go into the country and you see that there's this kind of way of being it's only but inspiring there's this famous line of you only know true kindness when you're on the road like the kindness of strangers but it's that manifested in all its kind of different forms and uh, different nuances so for I could give you another example the way there's this passion in Argentina you you know there'll be a protest about anything and everything and people will often not turn up at the office because oh we just got caught up in such and such protest or the way that they dance tango but actually it's like giving their whole body to it or the way the whole country stops for football it's like nothing's done in halves they just give it all their all and there's something really beautiful like every country culture environment has its own unique circumstances, its own unique geography, history, political, economic climate. But within that context, people have evolved with a certain attribute more than others and use that to evolve into their higher selves. Do so you think it's more important than ever to focus on these global values when negative images, you know, we've got an awful rise of the far right, there's a lot of racism and prejudice in the world right now, it certain, certainly feels like it. Do you think it's more important than ever to celebrate these, what sounds like you're celebrating positive values? Absolutely. I really... I've been born and brought up in the media and I feel that the amount of, unfortunately, what do we know that's positive about Paraguay or Papua New Guinea or Peru? Very little. And that's such a shame because there are so many gems and what we do in the news is kind of tell you only the disasters, only the salacious stories, only those negative stories. That's not what you want in your psyche or in your aura or in your energy field. And so this is telling you about the other 99% that's happening in that country that you never get to hear about. Why wouldn't you want to know about the other 99%, right? And that's what travel writing does, I guess. It's which you've you know, essentially written a, a wonderful travel book and it celebrates the positive. I mean, of course, you know, there's, there's certain things like I, I absolutely adore Argentina and, uh, and the passion and, and everything that you talk about. When you're going to a different country as, say, a British person and you have different values... Sometimes you sort of get swept away in the other country's values, and other times you're like, why doesn't this work? Why, when I, when I go to a meeting in Bangkok, do 20 other people have to come along when it's a meeting that you and I would have here? You know, they, sometimes they can work out as frustration, those, those global values, uh, the, the jarring ones, I guess. Well, I guess that even that has a principle behind it. So, for example, in Thailand, that idea of gerong chai, like being deeply respectful, and so respectful that you don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. And so they allow 20 people into the meeting because they wouldn't want to... They think about the other person and what they would feel like if they were excluded, for example. Or not wanting to, you know, not wanting to upset, not wanting to say a harsh word. So you could see it as, oh, they say yes even when they mean no. But you could also see it as they care so much about, deeply so much about my feelings. So yes, partly this is a book about travel and positive values. But actually what this book is about is you as a leader and what I mean by you as a leader it's actually an introspective book so it takes you outside into the world for you to go back inside and within 15 minutes it's a kind of exercise that you do that helps you figure out from out of these hundred possible values what are your top 20 in fact what are your top five and to prioritize your five so now the new decade starting for the next 10 years or the next five years or the next six months depending on what's happening in your life what are your top five priorities core values and you prioritize them in accordance to 
what matters to you most. What, and what, once so you, what could they be? What Give us an example of what your well, core priorities could be, what, core I, values. So we just spoke, as we were walking up, we were just speaking about how we both had young children. So the first five years we spoke about how actually they become a priority when they're super young. That might be an example. So also family is really important all the time. When you've got small children, maybe they become more of a priority than, let's say, travel that we spoke about. Or if you've got sick parents, or if you've got... I had this dream to run a marathon. Suddenly health became that priority and it didn't matter what happened. Every other morning I had to run because if I don't, I'm never going to meet this goal, for example, or I'm going to cut out sugar even though a party's going on or I'm going to... That would be an example. Or if you're Even going though we've just been given a little uh, shot glass full of Smarties. It's indeed. Is quite appealing. Well, one, we're not about to run a marathon and two, we haven't touched them yet. The idea of the book is that it's a tool in your back pocket that you use to bring out the best of yourself given what you decide is the timeline and given what's ahead of you in your life. So let's talk a little bit about you and your travels because I know you're very well travelled and you're of Indian origin uh, but born here in the UK. I was born, um, yes, my grandparents moved here during the Second World War because 80% of the Indian military is actually Sikh and I'm Sikh heritage and so, well actually I'm Sikh, not Sikh heritage. Both sets of grandparents came at that time and actually my mother's family then moved to America and my father's family settled here and it was really about for them building the nation at the time and just working super hard to do that and my generation I guess had a slightly different experience and now my children's generation which are now fourth generation are having a very different experience and it's interesting that they're perhaps able to be a little bit more Indian and more cosmopolitan and more accepted and accepting than perhaps was the case previously when there were fewer ethnic minorities around. That's a very interesting point because we talked a little bit briefly about a feeling that there's a greater level of prejudice and racism in the world right now. But it is interesting and correct, I believe, in my opinion, what you said about people also being able to embrace their cultures more, in a sense, because there's the, the two things are happening at the same time, is that people uh, feel freer to express their cultures as well. Well, we're extremely lucky here in London because it truly is a melting pot. It's not a melting pot as in everyone's here of a different colour, but everyone's the same. It's a melting pot as in you can be from wherever you are and still hold those values and those traditions and wear that dress and speak that language. And we're super lucky to have that because that's not the case everywhere in the world where there's a lot of immigration maybe, but where you have to become of that nation. And do you know what I absolutely, you know, I've cried about this recently, you know, in, in political, there's been some political turmoil and I'm just so proud of London for being the place where there's the most immigration and for actually embracing that and for overall, generally, people getting on and enjoying that culture and embracing that culture and embracing the fact that you can get any type of food you want at any time of the day from any country around the world I can't think of many things that you can't access like that and we all in the majority of times you know live together side by side and happily yes and you can bring your history and your culture and your values here and live them out whereas in other places sometimes you have to leave them behind in order to assimilate and I think in previous generations here more so we also had to leave them behind I grew up in Gloucestershire where very much everyone else was you know Anglo-Saxon and of a particular class and of a particular background and it was really it's not that it wasn't welcome it was just that you you didn't speak about the other it didn't happen and so did you at home because you know as a child of uh, an immigrant father from Fiji although he's 100% Indian blood he didn't impart any 
language, any culture, he just left it all behind. And I've asked him about that. I was like, you know, is there a sense of embarrassment? Because I was certainly, it's awful to admit, you know, I didn't want to be different at school. I wanted to be like my little blonde friends. And they told me I was too ugly to play fairies. I imagine it was a colour thing, but they didn't out and out say it. I wanted to be the same as them. I wanted to be them. So I kind of, you know, didn't embrace any foreignness until later on. I've asked him and he was like, nah, you know, Fiji, been there, done that. He doesn't seem to carry any weight of shame. That's the wrong word, but you know, any, yes. any weight of shame of being an immigrant. He was like, yeah, let's just embrace what we've got to offer in, in the UK and then later in Spain when we move there. Yes. Did you have a culture at home? Did you have that Sikh, that Asian culture at home? I think more so from my mother than my father. I would say more so the women in the family, but also actually my entire family really made an effort to speak Punjabi to read in Gurumukhi, as in read our scriptures, the Sidi Guru Granth Sahib Ji in, in, in its language, to dance, Giddha and Bhangra. And all these things were passed down for sure and were really important. But actually, to my generation, I think they've become even more important. So whereas I think my father, similar to your father, was like, we're in a different country, we're just going to embrace what's here. I think our generation, well, I'm thinking soon my children soon if we're fourth fifth generation we would have been here for a hundred years they need to know one they need to know their roots because you're always going to be the color you are no matter where you live have you married an asian i have married an asian yeah. so and because he has my ex- kids blonde with bright blue eyes oh, i so. see i see so maybe maybe you're not always going to be that color but you know well i hope they are that color inside as well right. I, I hope they carry the color with them in some way it feels a bit weird when i take the mixed race books for my five-year-old who is, literally looks like he's from scandinavia okay okay well ultimately we're all kind of some type of mulatto we're all some type of brown ish whether you're blonde or blue-eyed whatever color you are really doesn't matter i think i think it's more what you're holding inside and we have such a treasure trove of two three cultures that why wouldn't we want to know all those languages and embrace all of that and have that in our toolbox what this book essentially allows you to do is to really celebrate what's out there and then celebrate these gems inside of you and whether we have practiced our culture or not or do know our languages or not is not the point is the fact that if you if you really admire in your hero if you admire generosity or if you admire recognition ambition or if you admire excellence or if you admire the way someone's really loyal to their family whatever it is that really matters to you not to your culture not to your society not to your friends or your peers on social media or those lives that you can see or aren't part, whatever you know not all your surroundings but what is really important to you and that's what it highlights and so in terms of us entering our new decade it's really getting to the core of what is the legacy that you want to leave what is it that you want to be known for what is it what are the values that you want to take forward so for your father that might have been more british values and for you it might be something different but it's not I'm looking at all these cultures and countries only to give you a way of showing you all these values. I wanted it to be colourful and fun and creative, but I'm not being prescriptive as in something is right or something is wrong or something should be more Western or something should be more Eastern. It's about embracing, seeing the unity and then really bringing out the best in yourself in the way that you see it and want it. Just so heartwarming, especially in the time of Brexit and Trump and everything like that, when it felt that you know, it felt pre pre all of that. It felt we were becoming global and so integrated. And now those two things have happened. I know some people are supporting those two, but personally, as a traveller, you know, they, they don't make my heart sing. Um, 
you know, I feel that this is a really lovely conversation to be having and a really lovely book to, to write at this time. So you went to 101, 102 countries for the book and you've been to over 150 countries. Where do we start with that? I love stories on, on this podcast, so I love highlights. So I would normally say, you'd say to me, you've been to so-and-so and I'd say, so what was, you know, what was the scariest thing? Is there any time you've been in trouble is there any time that you felt most in love with the country i don't know where to start what's your i'm just going to ask you what's your best ever travel story ah very good question <laughs> but i mean normally when people say to me what's your best country i always say i can't answer uh, me too I, I keep impossible. thinking i need to like get a snappy answer just to lie to them right otherwise it's right kind of, <laughs> best travel story i don't know you know i i guess after saying all of this if i now bring out so the stories are always the ones where something terrible happens. Exactly. And, something's um, gone wrong. Yeah, something's gone wrong. But I would just give a, a story today about Senegal. There's this way of being easy, like let it be, and kind of this jamais, this peace. And that I haven't seen in the way that I saw it in Senegal. It was like I arrived at the airport, leaving, having had the most magical time. I've got maybe 50 minutes before my flight departs and I realize I don't have my passport. And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is a brand new airport where so far from the city, there's no way I can go back. And so I have no choice but to call the, the place I was staying and say, could you possibly bring my passport? And everyone within the airport was so cooperative. The security, the people who were checking, you know, checking me in, the people who were waiting for me on the plane, the whole thing. And all they kept doing was keeping things super light, telling jokes, telling me it's going to be okay. And, I, and it's a very similar situation I've been in, in both O'Hare in Chicago and in Heathrow. And I've missed my flight with actually longer time to go. Do you keep losing your passport? I mean, I what just, is the problem here? <laughs> I can sometimes be late. But the, my, I guess my point is that when I saw how there's, there's a multiple wives often in, those, in, in Senegal, I saw how joyous the second wife was as opposed to the first <laughs> wife. Or I saw how when there was an accident in the street, which I saw, people weren't like rubbernecking and riling each other to make it worse or for things to blow up. People were like, it's okay, take it easy. Let's go for a, let's just, let's just let this be for a bit. Let's just wait for the, you know, so-and-so to help you. We'll just give it a few moments. It was like anything to diffuse the situation. And when people have been through so many years of conflict, you realize that the last thing that they want is conflict. And actually, why would we create conflict in our lives? There's just no need for it. Whatever situation you're in, the only choice you have is to look at it in a positive way or a negative way. You might as well look at it half glass full. Always, always look at it the, the glass half full, right? We try Rather and explain that to ourselves, don't we? Like if you're in a traffic jam and you're you know, in a rush and you're going to miss something, you know, sometimes you can get angsty about it. But other times you think... Well, actually, that could have been me up front in that accident and someone might have been hurt there. There's nothing I can do. Let's just sit here and wait it out. In fact, I had a great, and it is a travel story, I had this great moment when many years ago, I don't know how into football you are, but many years ago, England beat Germany. I think it was 5-1 in Munich and any football fan will remember that. And I was lucky enough to go to the match. It might have been 5-2, whatever the score. It was definitely 5 to us. And I went over to Munich on the Leicester City team coach uh, not with the team, sadly, just with a, it was a corporate thing. And the, after the football, I mean, we won. It was just amazing. It was a massive traffic jam. Literally, we were stuck on the motorway in one position for five hours. And everyone got out their cars and started playing football by the roadside. And it was just one of those, because everyone was in a great mood. To be honest, now I'm thinking about it, maybe the Germans weren't in a great mood, but they were still, you know, they were in still it, out right? there playing football. The like, there's nothing we can do about it. Just get out the side of the road. Have a kick about and, you know, we'll be all right. I'll give you one other quick travel story. Yeah, go on, no. Um, as many as you like. 
So there was this one moment. All I wanted to do was be Cuban in Cuba. I know Spanish oh, well enough. I've got, you know, the right skin, the right hair. Everything's everything's going for me. I don't carry any dollars. Oh, my goodness, I've got Puma trainers. I need to get rid of them. So I had, like, Colgate's Puma trainers and a hammock, and I had to get rid of this stuff before I landed and then just slip in with this... Um, the only person I knew in Cuba, which was this professor who worked for the University of Havana. So we, the plan was meet at the airport, pretend I'm one of them, walk past the police, walk out and just join their, their world and the peso economy rather than the dollar economy and sit in a hotel. And in order to get rid of all my luggage, I waited at Cancun airport and I just needed someone to take my bag and put it onto the conveyor belt and say it was theirs. And then when they get to LA, just to let it be in lost property. And my last <laughs> flight was going to be from LA and I'll just pick up my bag and go home to London. Sounds a little bit dodgy, but yes, you know, I totally, know it's only totally trainers, dodgy. it's not like a bag full of cocaine, but it does sound a bit dodgy. Totally dodgy. And the person I asked said, oh my God, that could be a bag of cocaine. Are you crazy? And actually she didn't say that. Her boyfriend said that. Her boyfriend was like a shorter than her. And he was <laughs> Just get rid of my bag <laughs> and uh, she, he, so he's there saying there could be cocaine there could be heroin you must be mad and she said wow you had the same chutzpah that my son had I will take your bag for you and so chutzpah chutzpah that chutzpah, chutzpah, oh, chutzpah. is, it, is <laughs> yes. a Yiddish word yeah, yeah. for you know that <laughs> no, same kind of get I up and go was some, I thought you had a chutzpah in your bag oh, right. yes. <laughs> so she said you know you've got some guts I'm just going to do it this is a crazy request and I'm going to go ahead and do this so she says to the to the people you know yes let this bag through it's my it's my bag and then when she gets to the airport she drops me an email and says there were sniffer dogs all over your bag what were you thinking I'm now writing to you from NYPD Blue this is my one piece of communication I can write you better get here right now and I'm scrolling down. I'm like literally having a heart attack scrolling down scrolling down and then at the end she writes only joking but I didn't leave your bag at lost property if you want your bag you'll have to come to my home oh, in LA amazing. and when I get to a home finally after doing whatever I was doing in, a, in Cuba etc there's like Brad Pitt in her living room and she like is creating all these documentaries and Sorry, films Brad and Pitt is there literally she is in the middle of Hollywood Whoopi Goldberg has like coffee with her. It was just an extremely, it was oh another God. world. And she offers me a job oh because God. her son, who is very, I guess, similar to me, had a real thirst for travel, became a Reuters photojournalist and was stoned to death in Somalia. When they saw these white people taking photographs and a bombing had just happened by the Americans, they thought, more Americans taking advantage, we've had enough of this. And so he lost his life at 22, and she met me at 21. And it's not just me that she has kind of given this sense of, I'm here for you, anything is possible. She's done this with many people. It's an organization called Creative Visions. And that changed my life. It's because of that that I became a world, you know, worked for the BBC World Service. It's because of that that I thought, uh, well, even before having met her, I knew I wanted to see the whole world and really understand the world. But you just need, I, I guess what I'm saying is when you're traveling and out there, these things happen. You meet like-minded people, miracles and serendipity and, you know, the sun shines on you in a way that is not normally the case in your everyday so why you wouldn't travel is beyond me. Get out there, whether you're alone with someone or otherwise. Go enjoy the world. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. God, that's a, I don't even, 
that's such an amazing story. Are you still in touch with her? Yes, yes. I still work for her organisation. I'm on the board. and um, Seriously? Yeah. Creative Visions Global is kind of what I'm looking after. She does Creative Visions in the US. and it All because you needed to get rid of your trainers at an airport? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is the thing. Think about how many times you've met incredible people because you've been in a little bit of a pickle or because... It's those moments that make you. It's those moments that you realise, oh, wow, there's someone there with love and generosity. And, wow, you form a bond that is just built with such, such history and such close tightness that you, would, you don't get that when you're going through your everyday, right? No, you don't. And I always try and take a little bit of that travelling spirit with me, even at home. And it's not always possible but you know when I'm on the tube I I do try and speak to people if you and I bumped into each other like literally I'd be like oh sorry and I'd I'd make an effort to you know to communicate in some way you know and to have those connections it's not always easy and the 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 actual very disheartening thing is that when you don't get it back you know there's a lot of different nationalities here in London and not everyone has the same apologizing culture the same that's, that, that we have you know and so when you do bump into someone you're like oh, I'm sorry and you know and everyone, someone just ignores you if you hold, hold but they have the a different value right exactly and you appreciate that different yeah, value it is a different yeah. value and you just have to remind yourself of that because everyone the world over is you know there's good and bad in everyone I feel like I'm about to start quoting <laughs> um, who am I quoting uh, Stevie Wonder is it or maybe just to uh, see Ebony and Ivory I think right. or to see everyone's kind of that everyone comes from their own perspective is not necessarily good or bad it's just they they're valuing something different that's all absolutely i mean we go to i go to countries like talking about that please and thank you you know over overly grateful culture that we have here uh, when they just they just think you're being ridiculous stop saying thank you after i do absolutely every everything yeah it's just and you don't need to right there t- we don't even have a word for thank you really in punjabi and oh, it's great because it makes you think so what do you say well you just actually use your language in a much more creative way and you show respect and gratitude in your actions and in the way you're being and in the way you, you know, in your manner. And it's amazing how it requires a greater depth and a greater sense of appreciation and you can't just palm it off with one quick word. <laughs> you, so you're great. obviously, you, I mean, you, you speak, you mentioned you speak Spanish, Punjabi. You, you, you're obviously incredibly clever. You're very highly educated. You've got a PhD. In that, so you are, I should have given you your proper title as a, introducing you. You are Dr. Mendy Rye. And what do, what do you do to let your hair down? What is the wildest, most fun travel story you have? Okay, so what do I do to... Yeah, what's so, your most wildest? So if you have, do you ever go crazy on a night out and like wake up on a beach somewhere? Tons. That, happen, that is what travel <laughs> is about, surely. That I remember... Just because you're so clever, you know, can no, you let your hair down? Firstly, I'm not, I definitely am not clever. Like I... Yes, I have degrees and MBA, whatever, whatever, but that isn't what clever is. Clever, I, I think, is knowing... Clever is simply learning from your mistakes and being able to adapt. And sometimes we all have that and sometimes we don't. And sometimes if you've slept well and eaten de- you know, well, you're able to do that more than other times. Or if you're in a state of kind of flow... And I think what, what helps me let my hair down is actually being on the road because I am in a much greater state of flow. When I'm static and when I'm in the normal routine, what I do a lot, what I try and do is dance. That really helps. Same here. Dance, music, art, anything kind of creative and being with people really uplifts me. And it, I guess this is why travel ticks all my boxes because it's about 
being engaged. I mean, you cannot be in your head when you're traveling. I love that. I love the fact that you're totally in the present because you're absorbing all that's happening around you because you have to. Which brings me on very nicely to our last question, which is always about music, because I think music and travel always go hand in hand. So if you had to think of one travel memory that has involved music, just one song that reminds you of a time and place of travel where something memorable happened, what is that song and what happened? Oh my goodness, Just that's a great question. Through oh, my yeah. head about love 10 different songs and 10 different moments, so many moments. Oh, wow. I guess I was in Australia and I first heard that song, um, I think it's with the Buena Vista Social Club. Na, 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 yes. na, 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 na. Oh, no, is that's that, not. It's Bambalaya that, by the Gypsy Kings. Okay, Gypsy, yeah. Gypsy Kings. And a friend of mine was playing it. And we were in this like, Kakadu National Park. So this park in the north of Australia. We're in a Jeep. He had brought his guitar with him. And outside of the jeep, out of nowhere, a huge kangaroo came. And literally, if that kangaroo had jumped, forget the kangaroo. On the jeeps in Australia, when you're on safari, they put a bar before the engine. And that kangaroo had no problem in just jumping over that bar and flattening us all. Like, that could have been the end of us. I will never forget that moment because we were so into the music, we didn't even notice this kangaroo come out of nowhere. And then we all just absolutely panicked and had no idea whether to jump out of the jeep or stay in the jeep or go under the we just it was we were just frozen and paralyzed so that would be a a music moment that I would never 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 forget and I just have to say that you know if there's one thing that I would like to leave us all with it's the fact that every single second of your life is never isn't this second is never going to come back again this moment is never going to come back again but it's not just this moment it's actually our lives they so quickly pass think about how quickly the last 10 years went in this this new decade don't let it slip you by don't let it just happen to you you happen to it you decide what matters to you you decide what your you know what your heart of hearts contribution is what your service is what you really stand for and and let let that shine through let your magic let your light shine through because very quickly you'll be 10 years older and that won't have happened and there's just no need to let that slip by so just grab it with both hands the values compass will guide you through it really quickly it'll help you you know you can just figure out what really matters to you right at the beginning so that all the drumbeat of decisions that make your life, like whether it's your daily decisions or your big decisions, all of them are so much easier to make and end up leading you to a more fulfilling, successful, happy life and happy decade. So go, get it now and just make that leap. Don't hesitate. It's a 15-minute tool and you'll love it. It's a game changer. So much to think about there. Thank you, Mandy, for coming on the Big Travel Podcast. Dr. Mandy, I should say, and a truly inspirational conversation. And thank you so much for listening to the Big Travel Podcast. Mm-hmm.